Good day and welcome to episode number 10 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. So stoked that we have hit the double digits mark for this podcast. This has just been such an awesome journey so far. Thank you so much to everybody who is supporting this, everybody who's tuning in. Just loving doing this and loving getting to talk to so many of you. I'm your host, Robert Massey. And today we are going to talk about 10 things I've learned in the last 10 years in photography because it's episode number 10. Before we launch into the episode, I have a quick ask of everybody out there in podcast land. If you are enjoying the show or if you've learned something from this, I'd love to have you leave a review for us. If you are listening on a platform that lets you do reviews, it makes a huge difference for more people being able to find the podcast, more people tuning in and becoming a part of this community. Thanks to those of you who are already doing that and to those of you who have reached out and we've started chatting together on Instagram. If you'd like to do that, you can send us a DM. Our Instagram page is Travel Adventure Photo School on Instagram. I'd love just to see the pictures you're taking or that you have taken in the past. So yeah, let's get going with the episode. 10 things I have learned in the last 10 years of photography. Tip number one, be the director. Too often, I find people are afraid to give directions to other people when they're photographing them, preferring to just let people be natural or do what feels right. And if you're working with professional models, that could be totally fine. But if you're working with 95% of the population who don't really like being in front of cameras or don't really know how to pose themselves, you are going to need to give them a little bit of direction to help them feel more comfortable with a camera in front of them and to help create better images. So there's a few things you can do to help this along. Firstly, one of the biggest things you can get do is get them to relax. So you can tell a joke, maybe two or three, and get them laughing and really settling into the situation. This will make them feel more calm around you as well and get them to know you a little bit better. You can talk to them about things they love or that they love to talk about. Um, you're just really trying to get them to be relaxed and calm. So try thinking of what makes you feel better in stressful situations and then maybe try that with them and that will help you get better photos. Just if that person is no longer super tense and trying to hold their shoulders by their ears and feels really awkward. With kids, I find letting them see the camera first for a bit really, really helps as well. That allows them to see what this giant object is that you're pointing at them, how it works. Um, And they can get really comfortable with it and you as well. And truthfully, it can make for a really great moment with the parents where they can see a photo their kid has taken if you let that kid press the shutter button a few times. I've had a couple of parents who are just like, oh, I love that so much. I want to print to that. And of course, I, I just give them the digital file. It's such a cool memory for them. So the first bit about being a director is just getting your subject to relax and feel calm. Next, when you start taking photos, don't get really nitpicky right off the bat, like about placement of fingers or anything like that. Really just get them to try a few comfortable poses where they can just smile and just kind of get used to themselves being in front of a camera. It lets them see that the situation isn't really as scary as it is, and it can actually be really, really fun. On that note as well, if they have a favorite type of music or you have music that you really like to play along with, you can also add some music to the situation. Basically, whatever you think is going to help the situation become more fun, more relaxed, you'll get better photos if you can do that. And once you actually get into taking photos, ask your subject to think of happy moments if you're going for happy images. If you're going for sad images, get them to think about something that made them sad in life. Really, whatever they are thinking about will come across on their face in your images. So if you're going for happy, but they are tense and scared, 
that's going to be a very strange, happy image. Get them to think about something that is going to express the emotion on their face that you want them to have for the image you're taking. Oh, and on that note, don't ask your subjects to say cheese. Get them to say something like mocha that ends with an uh sound because it leaves your face in a more natural smiling position. Cheese gets your face all scrunched up and it really does not lead to good photos. But something like mocha will leave you with a much more natural looking smile. And finally, be ready to fail. Sometimes poses just don't work for whatever reason. That's not a black mark on you. That's not a black mark on them. That's that's nothing to do with anybody. What you're doing when you're posing people and you're taking photos with them, it's art. You're creating art together. And sometimes it takes a few passes with art to get things right. So when a pose doesn't work or when your lighting doesn't work or when something just is off about an image, don't let it weigh you down. Don't keep thinking about it. Keep going. And just remember, you are creating art with this person. All right, that is tip number one. Moving on to tip number two. And it ties in with really nicely with tip number one, capturing authentic smiles. So this is one I learned in J school, or I should say journalism school. And it makes capturing authentic smiles so much easier and much more likely to have happen. So this works better if you've got them to relax, like we just talked about in tip number one. Firstly, get your person or group to pose however you are posing them. Next, get them to smile. Remember, uh sounds like mocha, not cheese. And then take a couple of frames with this smile and then say something like, okay, that looks great. And then take a few more frames right as you say that. Your subject should relax just a little bit, giving them less tense smiles and more real smiles. You're going to go from that really high up cheekbone kind of smile to just slightly down and their eyes are going to open up a bit. And they're going to relax that little bit because the scary part of having their photo taken is over. And if you can do that, you're going to capture just a slightly better smile that's going to just feel better to everybody looking at it rather than those tense, awkward, corporate headshot kind of smiles. All right, tip number three. I like to call this the three-shot method. This works really well in a pinch for taking more stable images when you don't have a tripod. The theory goes like this. If you are shooting with a slower shutter speed, then you should fire off three frames to try to get a stable image. The first image will have some shake introduced into it by you pressing the shutter button. The middle frame will be the most stable because you won't move anything while taking it. And the last frame will have shake introduced into it again by you removing your finger from the shutter button. In theory, that middle frame should be the sharpest because you aren't moving anything when you're taking that photo. There are, of course, many, many, many more factors at work when you're doing this method. You need to ensure you are standing in a stable way. You need to make sure you're not getting buffeted by people to make sure you're not getting buffeted by the wind for that matter. So really what I would suggest when you're doing this is use the three-shot method along with this stabilization technique. Plant your feet solidly into the ground. Soften your knees a little bit. Bring your elbows in against your torso or brace them on an object in front of you. And take a couple of deep breaths to relax. Then take one big breath and hold it until after you have fired off the three images. And then exhale nice and slowly. Doing all of that and using the three-shot method when you have to handhold for 
longer exposures than you really should be hand-holding for can help reduce the amount of shake introduced in your camera and you should be able to get a few fairly stable images out of it. All right, moving on to tip number four, watch for those small moments. This is one of the very first things I learned in journalism. Big moments are pretty easy to see coming, but the truly impactful photos typically come from the tiny moments in large events. Those ones that take foresight to see, that you need to pre-plan for and put yourself in the right place at the right time. Sometimes catching those tiny moments is just luck, but more often than not, catching them comes from consistently being ready for them, consistently seeing them and looking for them. And you can put habits into place that ensure you are actually looking for these tiny moments more often. So I've got three little habits here for you. Plan for your shots in advance. So put some thought into what photos you want to capture. And this ensures that you have the gear you need with you. Not just your camera and lenses, but also accessories, extra lights, anything like that. This also allows you to plan for where the sun, moon, shadows, galaxies, people, or objects will be in your image. So often, the best images will come because you put some forethought into when and where objects will be in your shots. This was really important for me to be able to do when I was shooting sports in particular. I had to see where a player was going to go, or I had to follow certain players because I knew their tendencies and I knew who they were. That makes a big difference to capturing that decisive moment when someone scores, when there's a big hit than just spraying and praying. You're going to miss so many photos if you aren't consistently putting some forethought and planning into place. This is habit number two, be attentive. This is pretty simple. Just be aware of your surroundings and watch what is going on around you and be ready if you see one of those little moments occurring. And habit number three, not being afraid. Don't be afraid of looking a little different than everybody else around you who's taking photos. Sometimes you're going to be taking a photo in a totally different location, in a totally different way, in a totally different orientation than everybody else who's around you. That's great. Follow your vision. Don't fall into the trap of just doing what everybody else is doing around you because you're afraid of looking different. If it's leading to an image that you want or that you think is going to look great, go for it. And Occasionally, you're going to have other people following your lead, and that can be a pretty nifty experience as well, because they'll go like, oh, obviously there's something interesting over here. I guess I should turn and try to photograph that. So just follow yourself. Follow your own artistic vision. In terms of travel photography, this is really often where you're going to find the best travel photos. Look for the minute in a scene and in the people around you, instead of just getting distracted by that giant landmark in front of you. Look everywhere and look for those tiny little beautiful details and you're going to come home with some truly impactful images. All right, we're halfway through. Moving on to tip number five. Gear shouldn't limit you. Yes, at certain points, gear can make a shot easier, but don't let not having a fancy DSLR or mirrorless 
stop you from making great photos. You can create great work on any camera as long as you are willing to explore, fail a little bit, do a little bit of learning and understanding, and understanding the basics of photography. Stop stressing so much about not having the gear that you really want. And trust me, I have gear acquisition syndrome. I'm constantly looking at the new and the greatest and the best out there. And sometimes I just need to remember to go back to exploring photography for the fun of photography. That actually happened really recently when I got my new iPhone. And I was able to just take photos quickly and easily on it. And it felt more like just a naturally creative experience than when I would pull my SLR out and I would start thinking, oh, I have to shoot these big, beautiful images and I need to think about them as prints. And I start going into this more work mode rather than an artistic mode. And I actually found that my iPhone enabled this artistic mode more than my SLR did. And I was able to create some really unique, beautiful images because I was just letting my artistic vision go and not letting the business side of photography get in the way. All right, tip number six, take care of your gear. Your gear takes care of you, so really do it a favor and take care of it. Clean your lenses and cameras regularly. Clean garbage out of your camera bags. Just whatever you can, just take care of the stuff that you have purchased. My 70-200-2.8 is going on 10 years old this year, and she still serves me beautifully. Because I've taken care of her, I've cleaned her and ensured that when she got sprayed with salt water, mud, snow, or anything else, for that matter, that I was cleaning her up, that I was making sure all of it got off there, that it wasn't getting into her systems. This makes it far less likely that your gear will actually just fail on you in the midst of a trip or adventure as well. Of course, it can still happen. But by taking care of your gear, it's going to take care of you for a much longer time. And this doesn't just mean your camera gear either. I mean all of your kit. And if you own high quality stuff, it should serve you for a very, very long time. Here we go on to tip number seven, find yourself a community. Photography can really easily be done on your own and it really often is, but it's so much more fun if you find a community of other creatives that you get along with and can create alongside. Don't just do this by yourself because creative people build off each other and help each other to grow. They can help you see new places to take your photography, new ways to take images, and they can help you see where you need to grow as a photographer. They can also help you figure out how to do some of those dream shots that you've been wanting to do, or they're just going to go out with you and explore. I love going out for walks with my wife because of this, because she has such a beautifully creative eye. Um, We were out doing a social distancing walk yesterday just to get out and get some fresh air. And we walked by a space and I was taking some photos with my 70 to 200. And she's like, you got to come back here and take a look at this. And there's this beautiful spot of the Calgary tower framed by some arches downtown. And it was just this gorgeous shot that I had totally not seen whatsoever. Cause I was focused on what I was shooting with my SLR. So I turned around and I was able to take a few photos on my iPhone with this beautifully framed location. And it's because I had someone else with me who was looking at the world in a different way. They were seeing the world in a different way. So find yourself a community and it's really going to help grow your photography. All right, tip number eight, learn some skills that aren't related to photography. This grows your mind, creates new neural connections, 
it's going to make your life a little bit better, to be totally honest, just having another skill you can lean to. And it helps you see the world in a brand new way. And truthfully, you'll likely find new fun things to photograph by doing this as well. Like a new community or a new artistic way to shoot something. Or when I took up sketching, I actually started seeing forms in different ways. Light was hitting subjects in different ways. It was teaching me a new way to see how light was interacting with the world. One of the other things this does, it also helps you avoid photography burnout. So there was a while there where I was almost purely thinking about photography. I was learning everything I could. I was learning about the business of it, learning new skills of how to shoot stuff. I was looking at new gear. Like if I wasn't working, I was learning about photography. That was, that was it. And it really started to burn me out. I started to lose the joy of it. So what I found is that we all really need multiple outlets. This can be taking up new artistic endeavors. It can be just playing a new sport, going out and doing something without your camera in your hand. There's so many different outlets that you can have. So go and learn a skill that is totally unrelated to photography. Tip number nine, take care of your whole self. That's your mind and your body and your soul. We can only take images if our minds and our bodies are working along with us and not against us. So often we are carrying around heavy gear, ending into weird, strange positions, standing for hours and then sitting for hours. Essentially, we put our bodies through a lot as photographers. And then we are up early and out late and working hard in between. So we're relying on caffeine and other stimulants to keep going. We are really burning out our brains which is not great for the long-term success of enjoying taking photos or wanting to do pretty much anything for that matter. So it's time to focus on what makes you feel good. Fuel your body with nutritious meals and do some self-experimenting to figure out what type of foods work well with your own individual biochemistry. Focus a bit on stretching and moving before throwing on that heavy pack and heading out the door. And end your day by stretching out and relaxing a little bit and letting those muscles loosen off after carrying that heavy gear around. I personally have come to actually really love doing yoga in the mornings for the last like two weeks. And at the end of a long day hiking, I do a lot of foam rolling on my calves and my hips and pretty much everywhere on my body, to be honest, because it helps me be able to move the next day without hurting a ton. And it helps me sleep better because I'm not hurting a ton while I'm trying to sleep. And then get yourself into the gym. We need to carry heavy loads for a very long time. And we need to be able to bend and move and be able to focus while we are carrying all of this gear and after we are done carrying it. So build up your muscles, your endurance, do some cardio and build some flexibility. And that will really help you be able to shoot for longer every single day. I personally work out five to six days a week with a mix of heavy lifting, endurance and cardio. And that started about two and a half years ago. And I'm so thankful that I started doing that because it's made a world of difference and I can hike longer. I can climb harder. I can carry gear for more time. It's just been amazing. So find something that works for you and your schedule and really make it into a habit. And you will really thank yourself when you aren't hurting as much during your shooting days and it'll help you travel longer. Just it's such a great idea to take care of your body as well. And then finally, find some time to relax and breathe. Don't work yourself to sleep every night. Find time to see friends and do activities that aren't related to photography. 
This is so important to keep your love of photography, but also your sanity a little bit. So really find a healthy balance for yourself, what works, and focus on taking care of yourself as a whole entity, because we really need that mind and body to be functioning at a premium to create the best images that we can. All right, final tip, tip number 10 in episode number 10. Photography is not as easy as it appears. It takes a lot of time and effort. Photography from the outside can look really, really easy. But to create truly excellent images takes time and dedication. So give yourself some grace and keep creating. You will fail. You will not create fantastic images every time you go out. There will be moments where something just does not work. And you will keep growing and you will keep learning. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. But if you're willing to put in that time and put in that effort, you will start consistently creating fantastic images. All right. That is it. Uh, That is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have been doing this for about a decade and I have a ton more of things I could be telling you, but we've already gone well over my typical time limit. So we're going to stop here. If you want to connect with us, talk with us about the episode, drop us a line on Instagram, Travel Adventure Photo School. On Facebook, you can find us at the Travel and Adventure Photography School. And online, you can find us at TravelAdventurePhotographySchool.com. As always, we'll put show notes up online as well. So you can find the show notes there for you to see all about what we just talked about, or if you want to remember anything we were just talking about. And if you could drop us a review, if you are listening to this on a platform that lets you do that, it's super helpful for us. If you're enjoying this and really getting something out of it, I love to know that. And it really helps the algorithms have more people find us. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this. Now be healthy, be safe. Let's adventure sometime soon.